Hello, welcome to Hot Rod Bible. We are uh, in chapter 13 of the book of Matthew, uh, beginning of Jesus' teaching in parables, uh, which is a pretty pretty interesting thing. I, the way I look at it, he's telling stories and to get a point across and coming from a long line of storytellers. That's the way I learned, too, and I, I think it's really great. So we start off tonight with the parable of the soil. So with any... Without any further ado, let's open in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this time where we get to spend together to be in your word. We thank you for your word that you have given to us. Again, open our hearts and our minds to your Holy Spirit so that we can uh, have an understanding of um, what you have presented here for us. And as always, keep me from getting in the way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, again, chapter 13, beginning of the first verse says, On the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and great multitudes were gathered together to him so that he got into a boat and sat. And the whole multitude sat on the shore. Pardon me, stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell on the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places, where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up, because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them, but others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came to him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has to him more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing that they do not see, and hearing that they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, their eyes have been closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are you are your eyes, for they see, and your ears for they hear. For assumedly, pardon me, assuredly, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the words of the kingdom and does not understand it, and the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on the stony places is 
This is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulations or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now, he who receives the seed among the thorns, he... um, he who receive, he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who received the seed on good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, and who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And that's where we are going to stop. I almost went a little bit further. That's where we're going to stop for tonight. There's plenty enough there. Okay, here he is. And it says, on that same day, Jesus went out of the house. And it's a real good possibility that it was Peter's house. And this was at the Sea of Galilee. And so he sat by the Sea of Galilee. And great multitudes were gathered to him so that he got in a boat and sat. And in, and in that area, the way it's set up, uh, it's a natural, uh, the acoustics are so good that at the, at, in sitting in the boat, even though, you know, he's God incarnate and he could make his voice project whichever way he wanted to, this was, was able, he was able to project his voice in a natural manner and to hear, have all these people here. Okay, so he got in the boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And here's a really great thing I I got when I was doing research on this. This is from Charles Spurgeon, and uh, I got a kick out of it. It says, the teacher sat, and the people stood. We should have less sleeping in congregations if this arrangement still prevailed. (laughs) That just cracked me up. We would... uh, being raised Lutheran, we would have Lenten services, midweek Lenten services. And my dad would get off work, and we'd be sitting in a pew, and this is an old wooden pew church, you know, no no padding, you can't have it, make it too nice, you know, and no air conditioning, because it was built, you know, in the 40s in Southern California. And my brother was a designated hitter, which meant he sat next to my dad, and when my dad started falling asleep, he'd hit him with an elbow. <laughs> Well, Pastor Grauman would come up to my dad and say, you know, John, if I worked as hard as you work, I'd fall asleep if I sat down too. So he was very gracious. But yeah, my brother called himself a designated hitter. I thought that was a hoot. So like like Spurgeon says, well, look at me. See, I'm sitting down. Are you guys all standing? <laughs> Hope not. Anyway, verse 3. Then he spoke many things to them in parables. Okay, here's a, a couple of um, descriptions of parables or, or uh, yeah, descriptions of parables. Earthly stories with heavenly meanings, okay? Uh, stories that they had uh, word pictures in them. You can see, you know, he's talking about the soil falling on the... Uh, on the rocky ground or on the where there's weeds, you can, you can, I mean, the seed falling on that type of soil, you can see that in your mind's eye. It kind of reminds me of old time radio. I love old time radio and I love listening and, and hearing the description of things and it draws you in. You get to do that in your mind's eye. I find that to be very entertaining and also another way to uh, uh, learn. Uh, and one more thing, here's a, uh, a note from William Barclay. It says, parables generally teach one main point or principle. 
we can get into trouble by expecting that they be intricate systems of theology with the smallest detail revealing hidden truths. A parable is not an allegory. An allegory is a story in which every possible detail has an inner meaning. But an allegory has to be read and studied. Check that out. A parable is heard. Hmm, kind of back to that old-time radio thing. You know, we must be very careful not to make allegories of the parables. Wow, isn't that something? So again, trying to make one thing um, known and not have it have all this big meaning in it. And the great thing about, especially in the parable of the sower here, Jesus explains it, which is what we need because we're not very bright. So anyway, he said, spoke many things to them in parables saying, behold, a sower went out to sow. Okay, farmer, farmer broadcasting seed, right? Some seed fell by the wayside and with a pathway and the birds came and devoured them. Think about running one of those, I, I think about this as one of those whirly-gig fertilizer gizmos, you know, that broadcast whatever fertilizer, or in our case here, uh, pre-emergent uh, weed killer type stuff to go on the rocks. Okay, think about that. Now, some will end up on your sidewalk or the street or something like that because it's, it's not totally pinpoint accurate, okay? And the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and immediately sprang up because they had no depth of the earth. And that makes sense. We can see this again, a word picture in our mind's eye. But when the sun was up, they were scorched and because they had no root, they withered away. Again, again this is kind of like uh, the uh, wildflowers that come up in Arizona, you know, they, Real beautiful, right off the bat, for just a short period of time in spring. And so, same kind of thing. And some fell on among the thorns, and a thorn sprang up and choked them because they're in, in fertile ground. But you know, the, you had to pull the weeds. And boy, that's something I used to hate doing as a kid. That was one of my chores. Remember, it was out in, uh, in front of our shop. There was an area that had ice plant. That was a thing to plant in the 60s. That was the deal, right? It's going to take over. Well, it needs water. <laughs> well, it didn't get that much water. Then these weeds would get there, and you'd almost have to chisel them out. So, of course, I told my dad one time that, uh, you know, there's child labor laws. <laughs> Funny how he responded. <laughs> Same way I just did. Okay, but there's there's that pulling weeds. Now I enjoy pulling weeds, but that's another story now. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop. Some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. You know, these are unheard of yields. I've kind of looked into this a bit and trying to figure out how much per how many how much per acre with seed broadcast you could yield, and and the numbers are like four to one or something is kind of a common type thing. So you just think about that. You got. A hundredfold, wow, that's that's pretty big. Okay, and then in verse 9 he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And Jesus says this quite often, and pretty much says, Hey, listen up, you know, pay attention here. Now, the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And this is really interesting. He said, he answered them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But it is to them, it has not been given. Okay, here's a 
note from David Guzik, where the same sun that softened the wax hardens the clay. And so the same gospel message that humbles the honest heart and leads to repentance may also harden the heart of the dishonest listener and confirm that one in their and confirm that one in their path of disobedience. Isn't that interesting? It depends upon how, okay, the, the fertile ground would be your heart. Uh, as we say in Ezekiel about removing that heart of stone and replacing it with a heart of flesh, you have a soft heart to receive these things. Uh, and Barclay again goes on to say that parable conceals truth for those who are either too lazy <laughs> to think or too blinded by prejudice to see. It puts the responsibility fairly and squarely on the individual. It reveals truth to him who desires truth and conceals truth from him who does not wish to see the truth. Okay. Uh, I think we all know of people who their hearts are hardened to the word of God and you can see their responses. Okay. Verse 12 says, For whoever has a heart open to the Holy Spirit, to him more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. That's somebody who has rejected the Holy Spirit. Verse 13 says, Therefore I speak to them in parables, because they do not see, and, and seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. This is Isaiah chapter 6, 9 and 10, where it says, Hearing you will hear, not understand. Seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of his people have grown dull. Hearts of this people have grown dull. For their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes are closed. Lest they should see with their own eyes, and hear with their ears, lest they should understand their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Um, you know, this is truly why we, we pray that the hearts of our unbelieving friends and loved ones would be softened. Again, uh, Ezekiel, where it says, remove that heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh, um, so that they too can know that peace that surpasses understanding. When your heart's open to receive the word of the Lord, this is, this is an extra added bonus, you know? And, I truly do pray this uh, for anybody. You know, there may be those. I hope there are you, some of you out here listening to this or watching this or whatever the deal is, uh, who have yet to surrender to Jesus. And I pray that God soften that heart of yours and open it up to the Holy Spirit. I pray that, again, for all my unchurched or unbelieving friends and loved ones, because... Um, I can't think of anything that I want more for anybody I know or don't know for that matter. Okay, now, here we go on. Verse 16 says, But blessed are your eyes. Remember, he's talking to his disciples who have been around with him for some period of time now. It says, For they see, and your ears, for they hear. Ken, uh, those who do understand are truly blessed. Again, having that open heart. For assuredly, I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. These are Old Testament guys for the most part, right? Those who long to see and hear the Messiah. 
Uh, in Luke chapter 2, let's turn to that real quickly. Luke chapter 2, verses 25 through 32, it talks about this guy by the name of Simeon. And I'll read this. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit to the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, okay, this is probably within three days, I think, is when they perform a bris. That sounds right. He took him up in his arms. Simeon took Jesus up in his arms and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Uh, for those of you who may have been brought up in a liturgical church, such as I, it's called Simeon's Song, and it's something that we would sing, well, chant quite often, and I can always hear that, a light to the gent. Well, see, I'll, what is it? Oh, now I can't say it. Good. Aren't you glad that I can't? I have to start the whole thing. I will not chant the whole thing for you. But for those of us who grew up doing that, that was a great way to learn scripture. And I think you probably are going through that in your mind if you did such things. Then goes on. This is under the heading of the parable of the sower explained. And so here's Jesus saying, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, the gospel message, right, and does not understand it, uh, the message Bible says, take it in. Uh, that's another way of saying that someone does not receive it. Then the wicked one, namely Satan, comes in and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. Um, John Trapp uh, mentions this. I like this. I like this term. Those who are sermon trodden. Isn't that a wonderful, uh, wonderful term where it talks about where they only are hearing the law. They're not hearing the gospel message. They're just hearing, boy, unless you repent, you're going to hell and all this kind of stuff. But they don't have the gospel message saying that, hey, yeah, you're a sinner. And Jesus died for your sins. Put your trust in him. Uh, Luther would go on and on about having the right mix of law and gospel. You know, the, the uh, proper application of law and gospel. But this, I like that, that, uh, that John Trapp quote of, of sermon trodden when you're too beat up and you're not going to listen to it. Okay. Verse 20 says, but he who received the stone on the seed, pardon me, the seed on stony places. This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. You know, you've seen people jumping up and down. Man, this is just absolutely great. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when, not if, for when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word immediately he stumbles. His enthusiasm fizzles out. Seen that happen more than once? Boy, I sure pray that anybody who receives God's word uh, doesn't 
act like this, doesn't have that, because it's not, again, it's not a matter of if you receive persecution, it's when, because you will, it, it, because of the word. Uh, you think about all the disciples, you know, this, this is something that's really a, a, a interesting point. You can have all these uh, apostles, right, the 12, that um, people have said, oh, they just, that's a bunch of baloney, they made it up, they took Jesus body out of the tomb to make believe that he was risen from the dead and all that stuff. Now, why would somebody go to a horrific death proclaiming this as truth if they knew it as lie? It just, it just, does, it just doesn't add up. It's just not logical. Uh, you, you think about it, out of the 12, John uh, was the only one, the, the author of Revelation is plus the, the Gospel of John and other various things. Um, he was the only one who did not die in that manner, yet he endured. <laughs> he survived being boiled in oil. So you know, he didn't have necessarily have li- the life of Riley either. So, you know, this is the deal. I, I, you will receive persecution. Whether it's just, whether it's just your family members ostracizing you or, or whatever that may be, whatever that might be look like, their friends or whatever. That's okay. It's okay. I'd rather, I'd rather be uh, home with the Lord than hanging out with people who don't love them. Now. Verse 22 says, Now he who received the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches chokes the word, and he becomes unfruitful. And I think this is the one that we need to be the most aware of. Um, Because I think it's the easiest path to destruction. You know, this is this is the deal where you receive the word. You know, you're in good, fertile ground, all that stuff. You receive the word, and you're going along. But then all the cares of the world, all this terrible stuff that goes on, and and believe me, stuff of the world today is mind-boggling. But you know, the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. You get people who chase after money and that's their god you know well if i just get i just get this much more we're talking today at lunch about a certain uh, group of folks who make a lot of money in overtime and the question was asked by one of them was kind of like well why don't they just hire more people and says well it costs the county or whatever uh less money just to pay them in overtime and you get guys that could work every single day and make a lot of money. But when that overtime stops, what happens? They've got all this stuff that they've purchased on time and they lose it all, you know, and it's because they're putting their trust in money and not in God. Uh, there was another time, there's a couple I knew that, oh, I didn't even knew him from church, and they ended up living together without benefit of marriage. And people would say, "Why are you doing that?" And they say, "Well, because if we got married, the taxes would take us to the cleaners. We couldn't do that." Now, of course, that's something uh, that should be addressed, tax laws. 
But when you do that, who becomes your God? You know, who becomes your God? And then your God's money. Uh, I don't see it. I'm sorry. And, and I know there's some of my loved ones that are listening to this who disagree with this, but really that's, that's truly the thing. I, I'd, I'd rather be poor and in money than poor in spirit. Okay. And this is, this is, this is really something, you know, here it is. You got this stuff, but the, the thorns choke it out. Not good. Now, verse 23, but he who receives the seed on the good ground is he who bears the word. Here, pardon me, here's the word and understand it. And he indeed bears fruit. Okay. He brings, uh, this person would bring others to the knowledge of the saving grace of Jesus. Okay. And quite honestly, I'm not saying that everybody should be this great evangelist. There's, there's only a few Billy Grahams that ever been or Billy Sunday or all these other different evangelists. Well, also, Paul, you know, the greatest uh, Christian uh, evangelist, missionary there ever walked the earth, right? There's only so many of those. But it's by, not just by your words, it's by your actions. I, you've heard me say this over and over again. St. Francis of Assisi said, preach Christ, and if you must, use words. In other words, saying that you need to live this way. You need to live it out, Okay. And it produces some hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Now, E.M. Zier says, the Lord is not concerned about the amount of work. Check this out. The amount of work someone accomplishes in the vineyard just so that they do what they are capable of doing. Wow, isn't that something? We have, it, it's, this is another one of those great deals. Um, in one of my morning devotionals, it addressed this subject. It, it addressed Matthew chapter 13, verse 23. It addressed it. Wow, isn't that something? What a coincidence, right? But it was talking about how, you know, you, you get somebody and they're, they're new. They're, they are baby Christians and they're on fire and all this stuff. And then you see them down the road and it's not like they've really brought anybody else with them or anything like that. And the guy was saying, you know, it's not for us to judge. Ooh, not for us to ju judge what, what sort of, uh, fruit is bearing. If, if only the fruit that is born is their own salvation, that's plenty. You know, that really is plenty. Uh, now there might be some cards and letters concerning that saying, well, that's not, Likely, Willie. That's not correct. But no, I, I agree. I, I, I have relatives that I know who are saved, uh, yet they aren't, they aren't doing much when it comes in the way of, of sharing Jesus with others. Okay. That's, that's the deal. And, and quite honestly, for a very long time in my life, now, it's, it's kind of neat. The older you get, the less percentage of your life it was. <laughs> But, you know, there's a period of my time in my life where I knew Jesus as my Savior, but I didn't follow him as my Lord. You know, I was, always knew. I've always known that Jesus died for my sins, that I'm a sinner, and that through him, I'm saved. And at one time, I thought it, one time I thought it gave me King's X, you know? Okay. So what's the problem with, what's the problem with sinning? You know, Jesus paid the price, you know? Well, that's exactly the problem with sinning is Jesus paid the price. My sin put him on the cross. And that's the problem with continuing on in sin. 
because that made me the one who placed him on the cross. Hmm. There's that, it, I guess it's a U2 song where it talks as there, I was there when they crucified my Lord. I held the scabbard as the soldier drew his sword. Wow, this is a rock and roll song, man. You know, that's pretty heavy-duty words. Pretty heavy-duty words. So, with that, again, I have to ask for questions, comments, or smart aleck remarks. And uh, for those of you who are in the Chino Valley area, uh, I, you you can be here in person. Uh, you could you could join my friends the Sheridans here and and maybe have a smart aleck remark or. Or throw something, or do whatever whatever's necessary. Yeah, see, there you go. Worked pretty well. Luckily, he threw it away from the service car. You know, was, he's a better shot than I am as well. But, but anyway, uh, we're open. We're here. So if you want to contact me, I can tell you anything more about that. Want that back? Oh, tough. <laughs> but with that, there's another thing I uh, you know I talk about. If there's prayer requests, there's a couple of prayers that I'd like to. Um, speak this evening. Uh, first of all, a, a good friend of ours, hot rider guy, Jack Dolgarian, uh, lost his mother just, I mean, within the last six hours or so. She had a good long life. She was over 100 years old, but it's still pretty tough. So uh, I think we need to pray for comfort for the family. And also another friend of ours, um, Jeff, whose wife, Tina, uh, is in the hospital as we speak, getting some tests run, and, and so we need to pray for that. So please join me in prayer there. Lord, I pray that I lift up to you the Dolgarians that you would um, just give them the, the peace and comfort that only you can provide and just wrap your loving arms around them. Uh, again, give them comfort. I also pray for uh, Tina and her Husband Jeff, I pray that that you that the doctors that you guide the doctors and find out what's going on and heal Tina as only you can. And again, give them both comfort as well. And with that, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace. Amen. <laughs>